Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast, your third favorite podcast covering Phil Singer Games. Uh, we are here this week with uh, with a great episode. I can tell you that right off the bat. Uh, we've got Rob Obian with us to talk about FTR Screwjob. Uh, always look forward to chatting with Rob, so this should be a great time. Um, and it's just uh, it's just me, Todd, and Rob tonight. Mike is unable to join us. He's indisposed. He had something come up at the last minute. And I, all I can say is, Mike, my sympathies are with you. Um, no, it was nothing bad. It was nothing bad. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's it's a great time of year. The the, the cards are in the mail. Uh, online is unlocked. Um, and and Christmas is like five days away, four days away. So uh, by the time this podcast drops, it'll be like two days away. So I hope everyone's holiday season is treating them very, very, very well. Um and yeah, we've we've got uh, not a whole lot to cover tonight as far as news and notes go, because, again, the releases have already been teased and everything's out there. Uh, so let's start off with this. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Actually, we do have one that we got to discuss that we didn't cover last week. But, yes, uh, we do. That's uh, the right. teasers. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm doing great. I am doing much better than I was doing uh, two days ago when I still had uh piles of envelopes uh waiting to be stuffed uh luckily everything made its way into the uh hands of the united states postal service on sunday and hopefully it should uh, you know hopefully i think a couple people have got their cards already uh yeah put the online up uh on sunday night as well um so uh at least you know People now know who all the other cards we didn't announce were. Uh, right. So yeah. So yeah. All, all things good. I think you know. I think people are enjoying uh, FTR screw jobs so far, and the and the storylines with that. And uh, yeah, excited to uh, kind of wrap up the year here. Yeah, because I mean, it is worth noting that the the booklets, uh, the handbook for uh, FTR, did go out. Uh, I believe Saturday night. Was it? It was a Sunday night. It was Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. So soon, I, I, soon after, soon after mailing, you know, we made, decided we made everything live online. We started mailing out handbooks for the women's set and the uh, and uh, FTR as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, uh, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I think that uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff that ha- has come out of all of these releases, and we'll get to dive into one of them pretty deeply tonight. Uh, which brings me to my next hello, Rob. How are you? I'm doing really good, Sam. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, It's always good to have you on and uh, looking forward to talking about Screwjob here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Now, before we do that, as Todd did mention, we did have one teaser left to uh, talk about, which was for Promoter Prime, uh, Legends Prime Quarter 4, and that is none other than Jimmy Hart. And the cool thing about this card, of course, is uh, it's wrestling stats. Um, Because, you know, as as a lot of people are aware, uh, in, in Memphis, Jimmy Hart stepped into the ring more more than a few times, uh, as as I was reminded on the message boards, he did indeed win the Southern Heavyweight Championship at one point, uh, which you know I was aware of, but I, I didn't include the fact that he also basically managed Andy Kaufman either. So I mean, there were things that I just decided to leave out for whatever reason. Uh, that said, uh, he's an amazing uh, addition in, in this particular set with those wrestling stats, and there's a lot of interesting, fun stuff we'll be able to do uh, with that card. I'm sure. Sure. Todd, talk a little bit about the Jimmy Hart wrestling card. So this is one we had kind of planned for a while. I think one that a lot of people saw coming 
Um, I think overall people were very happy that it was included. Yeah. I think when we did the manager card last year, we're like, okay, we're going to do the manager card as part of a special edition. That's WWF focused, uh, his, his run there. And then we want to do a wrestling one. And that kind of makes more sense to fit with the, the Memphis theme. Once we knew we were doing the Memphis theme, we're like, okay, this is when it's going to slot in. Uh, then as a matter of kind of figuring out the reference art. Um, I know on Grant's podcast, he kind of put up the, the picture we used as like the reference picture for the pose. And then we found some old footage on YouTube of him in his actual wrestling outfit uh, from one of the TV tapings. And then I had Warner kind of bring that into the, you know, as far as uh, what he was wearing in the card. So I think overall he did a great job. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that's I think so cool about having this card to represent him during his Memphis run is just, you know, if people aren't aware, which obviously the vast majority of people listening to this will be the difference between Jimmy Hart in Memphis and Jimmy Hart in WWF or, you know, later on WCW, whatever is night and day, you know, it's like the difference between a cartoon character and uh, well, and not, you know, a real, real life person. And uh, I think it's important to recognize that in addition, of course, to, to wrestling and managing that when it came to talking on the air on the Saturday morning show there, I mean, other than Dave Brown and Lance Russell, you know, there was about a, a six year period of time where no one had more airtime than Jimmy Hart. Like he was talking, yeah. you know, he was talking people into the building just as much as any uh, of the wrestlers were. Um, and, you know, there were shows where he was literally out there for maybe, you know, 30 minutes of the, of the 90 minute show um, just because he was so essential to, to the product. And in particular, after Jerry Lawler broke his leg, you know, he, he became in a lot of ways, he became the star of the show and he had to be because, you know, with Lawler on the shelf, they needed somebody to be able to, you know, to, to help tell those stories and get people uh, in, in the building. And, and Jimmy Hart accomplished that. Um, and, he, you know, people hated him. I just absolutely hated him. So uh, he tells a story in the Memphis Heat documentary about um, how one of his kids got pushed off a slide uh, when they were at school because they found out that Jimmy Hart was his dad and, and they, you know, they hated his dad. So they pushed him off the slide and <laughs> the kid like busted a, a tooth out or something like that because he got pushed off the slide. So, um, cause it was real, damn it. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it's an awesome addition. And I think that when, when the prime cards, uh, uh land, people are going to be very, uh, very excited about those. Uh, speaking yeah. of which do, do we have uh, an ETA on when those prime cards, uh, will, will be in people's hands for, for well, uh, prime cards shipped with everything else and for then, online. Uh, sorry. For, I should have clarified for, so online. for online. By the time this podcast drops, it'll be up. I think. It, well, there you go. Yeah, we're, we're recording on, we're recording on Monday. It's our usual Tuesday. You know, if we recorded on Tuesday, they'd already be up. I think so. That's the plan. Well, in the words of Joey Tribbiani, it's a moo point then. Um, so <laughs> let's just, go. let's move on to what's next. Uh, any other news and notes from fed HQ? Um, let's see. So we, we met, you know, we mentioned the, uh, upcoming, uh, Phil Singer games perennial that's coming up January 29th, uh, of, uh, next year, day of the Royal rumble. Uh, so earlier that day, you can enjoy some Phil Singer games goodness before, uh, counting down the, the 30 people in the rumble. Uh, and then, uh, also the, uh, the holiday characters we talked about last week, uh, that is, uh, by the time you're listening to this, that is available to download and, um, or to get into your online account. Uh, if you use the promo code, uh, then you will get it for free up until the end of the year. 
So a uh, nice little Christmas present from the Phil Singer Games gang. And a brand new It's the best card. deal possible. That's right. Brand new card for this year will be included by Christmas Eve. It will be oh. there. So you will get a brand new Phil Singer Games holiday card. Uh, and um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So yeah, have it's a awesome. Christmas tournament. <laughs> I, I love the card. I lo- I think the art is just hilarious. I think it's perfect. It's 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 it is the perfect addition to the existing uh, uh, set of cards. So I think people will be very very happy with that. It'll be a nice little nice little Phil Singer Games Christmas present. Um, and uh, uh, I know that we, we had you know great response on the board to the last episode, and people were talking about those holiday cards in particular. And I know Grant runs like a tournament with those uh, and has done in the past. I think he's going to do another one this year as well. Yeah, he so, said he was doing one um, this year and is looking forward to it. I didn't tell him what it was, but he's looking forward to the <laughs> holiday uh, tournament there. Yeah, so. uh, that's awesome. Um, do we want to uh, provide a, a just a brief update uh, about the Ringside Companion? I know that most people probably already have the details from the message yeah. board, but just in case. Yeah, um, and I also emailed out to everybody too. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's, you know, the Ringside Companion wasn't done by the time you know we were set to mail everything else out uh you know we did you know in the editing process late find a bunch of other additional things that weren't included and then just you know with some other formatting and editing and stuff it just you know it was gonna it was gonna be too close of a call we didn't want to you know have any errors or make it a you know book that's lesser than we would want it to be so you know we're just gonna push it back a little bit it should be in people's hands I would say soon after the new year is, is my hope. So it depends on, you know, on everything. I know Tom wanted to take another look at it as well, just to make sure. Uh, but we'll get to people soon after the new year, but you know, Hey, we've waited uh, how long at this point? I think, you know, 15 <laughs> years or so for the, for the new one. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe a couple of days will be fine. I hope. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, these things happen. Um, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times, uh, there's been, you know, uh, being a film buff, I talked about this recently, there have been like special edition releases on Blu-ray or DVD from like boutique labels or something like that, that have been delayed. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the maddening thing is, is it's like a few will slip out. This happened with a Blu-ray that I had and, uh, I got it and other people didn't because they had to pull them because of a rights issue. And so there were like, you know, a few hundred, that got out and and then they had to pull the rest of them uh and and that blu-ray for a while was selling for for quite a bit of money on ebay because people were kind of trying to flip them or whatever uh but then you know sure enough down the road the rights issues got cleared up and now you know you can buy them anywhere anytime you want to um so so even you know all, all forms of media stuff like this happens and uh it's certainly in this case it's it's for the right reasons to endeavor to get it done right as opposed to just get something thrown out there real quick. So, uh, and it's going to be worth it because it's, it's awesome. And then of course, you know, and and actually is much larger than the first version when we were first, you know, priced things out. So you'll be definitely getting a bonus with it. (laughs) More bang for your buck, more bang for your buck. Um, boy, I hope, Matt and Nick Jackson don't have that copyrighted. Uh, so <laughs> I feel a little salty tonight. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why. It's this going to be an interesting show. Uh, but uh, yeah, so not only that, we've also got volume two that'll be coming out. Um next year as well. So, I mean, there's going to be a, a lot of cool stuff related to ringside companion, a lot of great matches, special rules, charts, et cetera, for people to be uh, using, whether they're going to be doing it on the Indies or, uh, or COTG and legend side. So uh, it'll be worth the wait. And, and I think, you know, overwhelmingly, it seems like most people have been more than, more than understanding uh, of that. Um, 
yeah, I don't think there's anything else going on. So we might as well just dive into our main event, right? Let's do it. This is a big main event here. Very, very cool storyline coming to a head here. And yeah. so glad we had Rob on. So thank you for joining us, Rob. Oh, thanks for inviting me again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let's just start off uh, with, you know, what are your thoughts, your kind of initial thoughts now that everything is out there uh, for for Screwjob being in people's hands and kind of your, your hopes for the reactions that people might have to some of these guys and some of the storylines? Um, it's fine. We'll see how it goes when the cards start dropping in the mail. I think that's when things really get real. Um, it's, it's nice people to write a story, but I think it's nice to have the cards in your hand to, to get the full feeling. Um, the early, uh, the early responses, the couple I've seen or heard privately through texts and things like that is, I think I was surprised to hear people have more questions than answers. I thought they were, there were quite a few answers provided, um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I'd say if this were a movie, this this is ninety five percent finished. Um, you know, there will be a little tiny tie up um, when you guys do your FTR set, and maybe maybe somewhere else too. But for the most part, you know, I'm never going to come out and just say, "Hey, this is this, and this is that, and this was that." Like just like any other thing, like you guys got to figure it out on your own. Um, but I would say that this thing is has come. I, has come uh, full circle, just about full circle from the beginning where it started. What do you guys think? Todd, why don't you go first? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think overall, I think people will be interested in, you know, the screw job character and how it kind of ties into everything else that's going on. I mean, to me, you know, it's not specifically spelled out there, but it, it seems to have some type of a tie to everything else that's going on with this investigation more so than maybe uh, Quest is, you know, is kind of leading on to. So, I mean, I think people are kind of probably picking up on well, some of that. You go back to, uh, yeah, I mean, the clues are there. And uh, if you go back to Prime Suspects and you read, uh, that's the second book, you read where questions is, is introducing himself. He, he lays it out that there's these, these mysteries where a wrestler goes missing. He's never seen again. Mm-hmm. And whoever had done it gets away with it. And so far, that's what we have. Here. The pattern is repeating itself in right. FTR this time. So, um, you know, we'll see if, if, it, if it happens again in FTR the same way it's happened in, in the past. Or if uh, Quest finally finally, finally gets his man. You will find that out for sure at some point soon. Yeah, you know, I think uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about some people maybe having questions, you know, more questions than you had anticipated. And I think that uh, it probably stems a lot from, you know, there not being uh, a clear, like, uh, answer one way or another as to, you know, to, to who done it. And I think that that is probably the thing that, you know, people might've been expecting. Um, but like you said, I mean, the clues are there. And in particular with the character of, of Screwjob, I think that the, you know, we get such an inside look kind of on the, on the transformation, you know, if not all the specifics, you know, being laid out, but there's, there's a very, you know, behind the curtain kind of feel to what's going on with Swerve. And, and, and I think that it's, um, there's so much that's been set up and layered in that I I think uh, 
there's a lot of possibilities, you know, obviously that, that, that still exist, but, uh, that yeah, the, the the writing is definitely on the wall in some instances, and certainly the way that other storylines have played out, and the other factions have kind of been firmed up and formed, um, you know, and the new the new talent that is coming in the set, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, I, I think again, it's just laid things out so well for promoters to be able to have that great launching pad, no pun intended, um, and and it's it's kind of cool because it reminds me uh, a lot of um, not that he still doesn't do this, but it reminds me a lot of some of the earlier GWF sets where, you know, it was very much about like kind of Tom just setting the table and then letting the the promoters eat, if you will. And I feel like that's kind of what this set really does as well. It's like, you know, here's everybody to play with. Here's your toys, you know, now go play with them. And uh, I I, I love that. I love that aspect of it. And I think that uh, for me anyway, um, I think I might be, and this is not a knock on on anything prior, but I think this one might be the set that has me the most excited because I feel like there's, you know, the, all the side shows are in place. You know, you once kind of talked about like the circus or carnival feel uh, of the storylines. And I feel like now we've got like each and every kind of niche filled. And I think that that's really kind of uh, exciting for, for promoters. Well, it's the most excited I've been um, of the three uh, TR sets. The first one was very short. Um, it was, it was, um, and then at the end of that book, you know, Quest drops his bombshell and it, it was introduced to us. Then a second set there, we, we got Quest and we got Stallion. There was just some buildup with that guy. There was some buildup with Crust. So that was more like your buildup set. And then this is the set where it all, boom, there it all is. It's all laid out. All the pieces are connected. If you go back to the first book, there's hints in that book there's hints in the second book it all ties together and uh it's it's been a lot of fun to take characters like really all of them but but specifically a guy like Astarte for example and really do something with him and build a story with him and 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 I and you can you read this character you can you can feel his frustration you know and nobody likes to be accused of something they probably didn't do and (laughs) and yet here he is the, the top suspect I mean and he, you know, he's not necessarily a straight good guy either. He's got his faults. He's got his anger problems and uh, little insecurity problems, you know, when Swerve is going to join the team. But I think he is more of a hero than a villain. I like guys like that. They're not just straight one way or straight the other way necessarily. Um, so he's been fun to write. He's been, and, and there's a lot of other guys in the Fed who, what I like is a guy like Vacant. He's kind of reached his peak. And then you get the newer guys, like, uh, the, the creative character guys who are just starting out so you can see which guys are like at the pinnacle of their career in FTR and which guys are just starting out and the creative character guys obviously when you make those guys you want to give them room to grow um you want to give them room to have a second card if that's where it ends up going um and I feel like they all turned out really great and the creative character guys as Todd knows that's a special challenge in itself and Luckily, Pete and Drew, the two winners, they were wonderful to work with, um, easy to work with, knew what they wanted to do, had ideas that, that fit right into the Fed. Um, the, the blacksmith thing, like we talked about in the previous podcast, I'm super proud of, that was all from scratch. And, and, and the little payoff with the belts, which Greg Hunter, uh, who does the belts on the board, uh, he, we, we talked behind the scenes. He was wonderful to work with as well. He came up with that great design for the black hole title. And and just kind of like you were talking about, I feel like this set has all these little working parts and, and it, it wasn't designed to be that way. It's just the, the way it came together. And that's, what's nice about doing these sets with, with other people, with other promoters, with other influences, 
is that's it kind of come it turns out it, it turns out just like that uh different pieces of different promoters ideas different ideas different um every it, it's not one person writing. i didn't write all that stuff you know i got two other writers over here working on these characters i got a, a guy over here helping me write this belt story so it's a collaboration that's the word i'm looking for it's a collaboration and i feel like that's how the set uh reveals itself as you can kind of tell it wasn't just one person doing the work. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. And, you know, I mean, I, I love that spirit of collaboration in any kind of creative or artistic endeavor. It's just kind of one of my, you know, passions is obviously being in, involved in, in theater and, you know, and, and a little bit of film and television, but much more so in theater, you, you know, that collaborative effort and that spirit is something that, especially like in the rehearsal room is ever present. And I think when you get to do that again, in any creative endeavor, um, you, you know, you really do create something that's going to be larger uh, than, than, you know, kind of uh, the, the individual parts, obviously. And, and it's, it, it is evident because the story, like the, again, Again, the scope of the story that that comes about in Screwjob, again, just it feels a little larger. Um, and, the, and the crazy thing is, though, is it doesn't feel any less focused, uh, which is which is, I think, a great achievement, because sometimes it's really difficult when you're balancing all these different aspects and kind of putting together all those little, uh, uh, you know, different side stories and whatnot that, you know, you might lose a little focus here or there. And, and this definitely doesn't feel like that. Um, do you think, were there any characters that you were worried about kind of coming into this that had come from, you know, the first two sets that you were concerned wouldn't necessarily get um, their due in, in this set? You know, were there any characters that you were afraid were going to like fall by the wayside? Um, no, not really, because the ones that we updated are exactly the ones that I wanted to update. And in fact, um, Vacant was the 10th card. Vacant was the last card. It's supposed to be a card set and when i originally wrote this i thought quest and screwjob were going to feud um and it just didn't end up going that way when i when i actually started writing and this i say this all the time this stuff really honestly does just write itself it just it just <laughs> go i can barely step away i think i i think i wrote this book in two in, in less than two days like two sittings basically just the first draft because you once you get into it it's like watching a movie series it's like oh my god what's going to happen next and even i don't know sometimes and and it turned out with the whole vacant thing, and I end up calling up Todd and saying, "Hey, I, I need a vacant card here." So that was nine, and then we needed a tenth guy, and tenth guy ended up being Blur um, from the old set, and I he turned out to be maybe my favorite guy in the whole set, which is incredible, and got a huge uh, reaction. And so it's just <laughs> the stuff just happens. It's just you sit down and you start typing, and it just starts to boil, bubble over, and boil over, and I'm calling for extra cards and. It just happened. So, and um, it was great to get, it was really great to get Tux and, and Sea Monster uh, updated. One that avoided Todd having to mail out all those extra cards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always appreciate that. <laughs> and it's good, it's good when a story, when a, when a guy can get an update with a, with a hot story. And he had a hot story going from the last set. Sure. Um, and, and those kind of, I don't want to call them comedy characters, but you know, they're fun. They're, they're not your typical, typical cards. We kind of got those out of the way. And then we had two women um, out of the way. And I don't want to say out of the way, but they were all, that was always the plan. Uh, Moonlight was always the plan to give an update because we kind of screwed up her first card. And Shane had some really great ideas for her. And he actually, I believe he actually came up with the finisher name for which, um, which oh, I, nice. I didn't have at the time. 
because there's some connection there. If you look up Divine Wind, it's actually something to do with the Mongolian. There's there's some, I, I, sh- I don't want to butcher what Shane told me, but some cool story. There's some cool story there that it made sense with this with this feud. So I end up, and I like that idea anyway, because she had, I had already written that she had that warm breeze around her all the time. So it right. made perfect sense to me, Divine Wind. Um, and it kind of gave her like the RVD finisher. Um, uh, she, she was probably the hardest to actually come up with the stats with because I didn't have anything specific in mind. I actually came up with that character a long time ago, years ago. Um, came out a little bit different than I originally planned. It. She, I think I think she was scary at first, I forget. But uh, really happy with how she turned out. But but stat-wise, she she was tough. Um, so anyway, we got the two, uh, two fun characters out of the way, two women. And then... Um, you know, we got having Screwjob. I knew he was going to be a really heavy, hardcore guy. Um, and I'm glad we did vacant because I think we would have run into another problem like Pardon and Crossbones, where for that one year, you just would have slaughtered them um, with, with no chance. And the yeah. vacant card, the art, Werner, just, he, that art is just, that still blows my mind. And uh, I went back and forth on that one a little bit, but. You know, if you look at the old Cannibal card, not not the Prime one, but the um, one of his later ones, he's a manager. He had the plus one, plus two DQs, and I, I like that. I thought that's kind of cool. And I like um, I like taking two guys who are probably not going to settle a score in a regular match. I like the idea of of having. I don't want to compare anything like a Abdullah Butcher Bruiser Brody type of thing, but in that same respect, yeah, like these are two guys who are most likely not going to settle anything in a regular match. So just all these things just talking about, I'm talking about all, all these different things, completely different and separate from each other. And then you get the three creative character cards who are all colorful, who are all have their own story, have their own future. That work great guy is so cool. I, I love when, I love when a, a creative character winner can take his guy and say, give him a finisher he can miss and he can, because you know that's rare. You don't get that. You usually get. Can my guy have a, a straight plus three finisher and a four one pin and three A's? You're like, hey, right. <laughs> trying to do FTR card here. So um, <clears throat> it was really nice to get to get that from those guys. They knew right from the beginning what we were looking for and, and and how to fit it into the Fed. And you know, Drew made that work rate guy. He was he's from the same planet as Pain Master, but other than that, he has no connection. He has yeah. the ears, and that just gave us this great feud with blur organically him being omnicron guy omnicron guy so there's that that very slight you know not that direct but close enough and i love i love the small connections like that um so that's something that's another one i can't I, you know i don't play test anything so i can't wait to see how those two cards play off of each other yeah i, I you know i mean i'm really excited to see uh how a lot of these feuds play out and you know the vacant and screw job one in particular i think will be a heck of a lot of fun because like you said i mean it's probably not something that's going to be decided in a regular match you know you're going to have to get creative and and and, and i think it, it also can help to having a, a lengthy you know kind of blood feud between the two of them um i I'm, i mean i'm a huge fan of all the art in this set and and i you know one of the things mentioned going back to the women real quick moonlight's art uh, in particular, I think is so great and, and is a, uh, you know, and, and not a knock on the original art whatsoever, but this one is just so much more evocative and, and, uh, you know, interesting. And I really, really enjoy it. I enjoy the card, um, which for me, I mean, when I first saw her art, you know, I don't remember exactly when that was now, but it's been a while back. Uh, I, I just thought that it was, it was, it was so, so good because it, 
you know, the, the pose just feels kind of not, not uh, statics, the wrong word, but there's kind of something iconic about it, but the, the background in particular and the way that the kind of the Cape flows and everything is just really, really nice. Um, it gives it that kind of ethereal quality, which a character like that, you, you want her to have that um, the divine wind thing. Actually, it's funny. I do know this. And the reason why I know this is because of the video game Ghost of Tsushima, uh, because it, it has to do with kamikaze, which is the Japanese word for divine wind and the the typhoon that came in and helped to drive the Mongols uh, invasion of Japan away. Uh, it gives you know, they, they give that credit for that. So uh, so divine wind is actually perfect for someone who's trying to, you know, fight someone who's from Mongolia. Uh, and uh, but it, it, I'm excited about seeing how they perform and how they each do with their respective, you know, partners with 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 pardon and crossbones, obviously. And there's just uh yeah, I mean, it feels again. It feels like there's just been a lot of depth that's been added to what was already there, in addition to some of the new, you know, new little wrinkles. Um, we we haven't talked a whole lot about it yet, but obviously, we'd be remiss not to mention it uh, a little bit more in depth. I love the character of Forge. I, I think Forge is a great character. I remember when I first got to read the booklet, you know, a while back, and I kept waiting to to see something about Forge because you had mentioned him at one point, I think, to me. And it wasn't until like the very end of the booklet, this is sort of like, okay, well, I want to know more about this Forge guy. And I, and I still felt like I didn't really know much about him. And then all of a sudden you kind of get hit with this sort of like, I made these things and now I want to fight for them. And I thought that that was just such a cool twist. I love, you know, I love the, the character in general. I love that there's a little bit of like, um, you know, an open uh, or, or clean slate to him that he's not, you know, completely filled in like some of these other characters are. Uh, but at the same time, his motivation is 100% clear cut. Um, so let's talk about Forge, but let's also talk about the belts, which is really cool because other than Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor indie set, we've never had belts before. Uh, so yeah, the, the the floor is yours. Tell us about Forge and the belts. Well, I, I really like your interpretation because you really nailed it there. He, I, I specifically made him um, to be exactly what you said, not even really a wrestler. Just a dude who's really motivated and a guy who can fight and who has some natural abilities, big, strong guy. But other than that, this guy's got a, I don't want to say a long way to go, but he's certainly, I would say of all the new, of the four new creative character, he is, he's supposed to be the, the greenest. We'll just say that. Um, but he's got great motivation. He's got this great story. I don't even know how I came up with it. Um, <laughs> I remember Pete saying, I'm trying to think, I, I, I don't know where I can, I, I, uh, I remember telling Todd, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. It's a blacksmith, you know, and, and you can do anything with anything. GWFZ taught us that. Um, <laughs> so it took a little longer, but, but yeah, I, I'm a big belt guy. I always have. I, I don't know if you remember the Sam, but back in the day, I think I was one of the first people who actually hand drew belts and brought them to Galacticon and shared them with people. And, yep. and I've always been a belt guy. And um, it that fits thread, right in that little uh, top loader and stuff like that. With it. yeah. It's great. Yeah, Fold them. yeah exactly. And um that Greg Hunter guy, you know, he's a newer, new uh, face on the board and he's been doing these belts and, and his stuff is, is very impressive. And uh, it was just something extra, um, something extra. I thought it'd be fun for the set. I contacted him. He was all for it. And the guy just went right to work. And uh, he, he's, you know, I love it when a, when a, when a person takes uh, uh, initiative and he says to me, what's this, uh, this quote? Cause I, cause I shared with him parts of the book that I'd written 
so he could get an understanding of this character. And by then, I'd already written the, the, the Curse of Mount Shendar story. And he asked me more about that. So I sent that section to him. He comes back. He goes, do you mind if I use the quote on the belt? And I just thought that was just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, absolutely, go for it. So uh, it, it's cool. To, the Black Hole title, you know, I, I used that title when I was a kid. And I think a lot of people have. Um, wasn't my idea originally. Um, but to get it actually officially in the game now, I think, is something special. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it's another fun. Oh, oh, we'll just say we can even say silly. You know, it's silly. Um, but it's fun, and it it, uh, it gives some it gives everybody in FTR something to do with, with those three titles. You got your main singles, your black hole, and your your tag, and I think that kind of covers all your bases. Um, but yeah, to have a guy, uh, I I just I just really thought it would be cool to have this guy fall in love with his own creations. It's not based on anything or inspired by anything. It just popped in my head, and I shared it with Pete. In fact, I th- I think I actually completely wrote it before I even shared it with him because I wanted to get the full effect of it and he, he thankfully gave me two thumbs up on it and i love the character um the art is all werner i gave him one picture of a blacksmith doing something and he came up with that whole thing on his own the look of the character everything about the character for the most part um and the guys i i also like the his feud is with the disciple of terror because the disciple of terror is kind of the uh, kind of the uh, gatekeeper of ftr so to speak he kind of feels like kind of a little bit of reflection of Kevin Butcher maybe he feels very proud of his surroundings and his area and I kind of write the disciple terror after the creator like that and he doesn't like the idea of someone coming into his territory and 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 doing anything without uh, his permission so I think that's a cool feud plus you know the guy the whole Pete Beck Kevin Butcher thing in real life going on so you pick <laughs> the characters against each other and they can message board entertainment for a while so it's the whole thing about it. cool and I think disciple terror will probably win that feud but um I think that's a good first uh, step for the, for the Forge character. I, I certainly see that guy getting updated. You know, I'll be up to you guys, obviously, but I certainly see the potential there for him. And, and he's, a, he's an easy guy to get behind. He's a rookie, and he's an underdog, but he's a big, strong guy. So there's a lot to like about him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally see everything that you, you just said, uh, you know, kind of in, in the character. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, to using him. I, I think that art is so cool. You know, it's like, he's, he, you know, he's the, the Viking, you know, Viking warrior pounding out these, you know, shards of metal for people to go into, into battle with in my mind. And, and it'll be fun to have him, you know, really going after those belts. And obviously, like you said, you know, I mean, he's, he's green and he's got, He's got a lot of room to grow, um, but he's a powerful guy. I think his finisher is really cool. I, you know, I love the idea that it's something that like he he hasn't quite gotten right yet, but it's it's still effective. We just don't know how effective it'll be. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. I'm sorry, Todd. What were you going to say? Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say. Um, I think one of the things when we were like looking at the art and everything. Like uh, I thought like towards the end, we're like, you know, we should really bump up his height and weight. You know, this looks like a huge (laughs) dude. We need to make sure, you know, we represent him properly in there. So yeah, I think, yeah. So that was, I was, I think a good change right at the end, just to kind of, you know, just show that, yeah, this is a really, this is a big dude. You know, he may, he might not have the skill, but he's got the size and so he'll be able to be competitive and hopefully grow into that. And I think you mentioned before, Rob, you didn't have any inspiration. And even even in the book. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I thought you were done talking. You finished no, no, up. No, I'll, I'll remember what I said. 
Okay, cool. Well, as I said, the only other thing I was going to say was um, with uh, you mentioned before that uh, you didn't really uh, get any inspiration for for this. There wasn't anything that was inspired. But when I saw this, there's two things with with Forge kind of desiring the belt that I thought of. One um, was Lord of the Rings with you know my precious. You know, I was like, oh my god, you're obsessed with this thing. And it kind of along those same lines, I was also thinking about the Chikara Grand Championship. And kind of the storyline behind that was whoever possessed it became obsessive about it. Like Eddie Kingston at first, and then other characters, including like even at the end, Dasher Hatfield uh, became obsessed with the thing because you know once they, once they had it. And like the car, part of me kind of had a little bit of a, a inkling of that, which I don't think you were inspired by, but it made me think of that automatically. No, not at all. And, and that's those are good comparisons. And I, I liked the idea of this guy who had no intentions of being a wrestler. He wasn't one of the Future of wrestling is now, guys. But I knew in the back of my head when I was writing it that he'd be, you know, I'd have these these guys, this group of guys. But that 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 desire and that passion to keep what he made with his own two hands was so strong that it it changed the course of his life. Basically, I it's even written in the book that he makes a life changing decision on the spot. And I, he even I even love the way the the guy talks about himself. Um, you know, can you wrestle? I can fight. Um, then I'll, if, if that's what I have to do, I'll become a championship wrestler the same way I became a, a master blacksmith. He had, he believes in himself. You know, he, he's, he has that laser beam focused on his desire. He's going to go get it. And like I said, this guy might get his butt kicked in the ring in the first year or so with, with these feuds he's in. But I think he's a, he's a, he's a real, kind of like a faller, but like a more a badass type of faller kind of, you can really get behind this guy type of thing. Um, he, you know, fallers kind of that type of guy, you get behind him. Um, in the same vein, uh, a real fan favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime he wins a belt, it's going to be a big deal because of the way his story is written. Well, as long as it's not the Black Hole title, though. <laughs> Hopefully not that one. <laughs> no. Well, speaking, of Black Hole, of the, speaking of the Black Hole title, how how do you think is it would you you'd figure out contenders for that? And you know, how is the storyline you know convincing people? That they have to fight for that. I'm, I'm interested to see how how that how you would book that in your fed. Yeah, I haven't put too much thought behind it yet. Um, I still, I believe it or not, I'm actually behind in my own fed. I still need to finish up the second part, you know, and just glossing over it. But I can't decide if I'll do a tournament. Um, if if uh, it'll just be the two guys with the worst records at the time who get put against each other for it, mm-hmm. uh, something because because you know. Not everybody, you don't want to put everybody, you don't, the problem with the tournament is you don't want to put a bunch of good guys in there for it. Those guys wouldn't be even going after that title. They wouldn't be even expected to go after that title. It would probably be a guy like Uranus or a guy like, um, I don't know, maybe even King Tuck, somebody like that who's got a lower losing record. And uh, Sonny Rocket pits them against each other, and whoever comes out, the loser is the new champion. Uh, maybe something like that. But I haven't... Uh, I haven't, I haven't figured it out in my own head yet. Okay. I wonder if Sonny Rocket ever book himself in one of those matches. I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it, so we, we, we kind of talked about Forge and we talked about the belts. Um, uh, we might as well, uh, you know, just take this opportunity to, to kind of uh, touch on, on each individual card and the art and, and kind of, you know, just 
what went into uh, the the initial uh, design and whatnot. And we've touched a little bit about that uh, for some of the characters, but we haven't really talked too much about others. So um, let's go ahead, since you know we just mentioned King Tux, let's talk about King Tux and Cephalopodus because uh, I mean I think the artwork is fantastic and and just it, it's amusing as all get out. Uh, but I think that that the stats uh, as well um, are are really interesting to me just because I think that Cephalopodus in particular, you know, I, I mean that's a card that's going to win some matches and that's a card that's going to be, you know, an asset in the tag team division and not that King Tux is any slouch, but you know, obviously with his diminutive size, he's not necessarily going to be bringing it quite as much, uh, maybe as Cephalopodus, uh, is. So, uh, talk a little bit about those cards, the art, the design, uh, what went into those? Well, those were the second and third cards we had done, which finished, um, completely finished, uh, art wise, which was the first one. And I got the permission from Todd early on to update them. I think that was really early on the plans. They are based, that art is based on a classic photo of C-3PO and R2-D2 stand next to each other. Yeah. Because in my mind, and again, this is one of those like loose inspiration things is that King Tux is behind the scenes. Now I'm not even sure if R2-D2 is really supposed to be like this, but this is how I interpret them. I kind of feel like R2-D2 is like the leader. Of the whole rebellion. I think he's like, <laughs> truly like in charge of the whole thing. And he's real smart. He always knows what's going on. And, and everything kind of goes to C-3PO. And that's, so that's how I wrote King Talks. And I always have a hard time pronouncing his name. Cephalopodus. So I call him Sea Monster. So <laughs> that's how I wrote these two guys. King Talks doesn't talk. Beeps and bops. And, and, and uh, Cephalopoulos, he does all the interpretation. Um, and I just, it kind of plays off that. So I wanted to do something just kind of behind the scenes with me and Todd inspiration, knowing where it kind of came from. So that's what it's based on. Um, I wanted King Tux to be a little bit more buffed up, a little bit more like an anti-man, how I interpret anti-men to be. Mm-hmm. And Todd was, again, gracious with everything. Um, I came up with the idea of the hashtag that blew his mind. His, his kids <laughs> said his kids loved it. <laughs> it took yeah. us a little while to come up with a tag team name. If I remember correctly, we went through a few interpretations. Um, nothing really stuck until Arctic Empire, which we both loved. Yeah. And then the same thing with the Prince Flurry. We came up with a couple ideas for that. And, um, and we, knew we, wanted, we knew we wanted Prince in there to go with yeah. the king. But it was like, you know, what was the, the right you know, name with that? And I know Arctic Empire, we had like, uh, one part was like Arctic Express. We're like, ah, Express has been done. But Empire made sense since we have, you know, the kingdom. Yeah, I don't want to do anything with Express. I just, I don't want to do anything. Um, but I, it's not horrible, but it's just, it's just, I feel like it's something different. And Cephalopis, just like you said, Sam, I feel exactly the same way with him. I kind of feel like he's almost like a Cyclops type of character, but, but not as vicious and, and violent. Um, lovable, but definitely not a pushover. Definitely stand his ground. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a giant. I want him to be strong, but not, not a minus four, minus five type of guy necessarily, but a giant. His first drawing is kind of funny. Werner drew these, like, like, I don't know how to describe it, curly feet. And I was like, let's put those in the water. Um, <laughs> cause he looks taller. He thinks more imposing. He looked almost like silly, like cartoony and something about him coming out of the water. I think almost makes him intimidating looking. You don't know how much more is underneath there or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I almost like that you don't know what his, what his feet look like. Are they big boots? I, I didn't like they looked like tentacles that were curled up. I didn't like it. It, just, it made him look 
it made him, it didn't make him look like a, imposing. So I, I think having that little, little bit of mystery, what, it, you know, and he, like you said, how tall is he? So um, a seven footer uh, with this, with this shorter, tougher guy. I love that. And the Prince Fleury, it gives him that edge. And um, I, I like the idea that he's a little buffed up penguin and he can jump around almost like a little uh, luchador is how I kind of see him getting in there when he interferes. And I actually almost wrote like on the card, like a move. And I just ended up being too forced, I guess would be the word. So I, I just kept it a straight uh, distractor rating. Him. And that's another, I mean, he doesn't even have a card, but it's a character, quote unquote character per se. You could evolve that character. There's lots of things you could do with that guy, that little character. Yeah. 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 He's coming for you, Flanch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's my Flanch. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> that's funny. Now I think it's cool, and I, you know, I also really enjoy lots the way of anti men uh, sidekicks. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sidekicks, but I, yeah, that's weird. Sidekicks. I enjoy the way too that their feud has been set up with Chameleon and Mayhem because I think that uh, you know it's something that we we really haven't seen before, like the you know the Animan, you know going against one another, and uh, I think it's set up really well. And you know the funny thing about it is is it's it's one of those strange situations where I feel like you know Cephalopodus and King Tux are probably the baby faces in it, but at the same time, are they really like, you know, are Chameleon and Mayhem going to come out of this looking, you know, like the baby faces or the heels. And so I, I just think it's got an interesting dynamic, uh, you know, even beyond the card. So I, I'm looking forward actually to, you know, to, to, to rolling out some matches and seeing what happens. And again, I think that Arctic empire can easily be, you know, tag team champs at some point. So oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. They're definitely designed to be, to be contenders, especially obviously in FTR, but, uh, they're not to be, you know, if King Tux was a comedy character when he came in, he's still a fun character, but I think, I think he needs to be taken seriously. I love that he has the stunner as a finisher now, the icebreaker. I think they, I just, I can picture that perfectly in my head, him doing it to people. So yeah. he's going to, I just think he's a super fun character. And again, that's, those are two characters that were designed by Todd's children and originally nothing to do with my ideas or anybody else's is just a, again i go back to that word collaboration it's just it's a great thing yeah um so let's move on to it, it's funny i i think you've probably heard this story and i am sure that listeners have but i'll i'll tell it briefly again when todd and i were kind of having some of our first conversations about what we might want to do you know what we you know what we might want to introduce especially as far as like if we wanted to have any original characters and whatnot one of the first things i said is you know we haven't seen anybody from omicron in a while it might be fun to do you know somebody from omicron and see what we could come up with and it i it might have actually been in the same conversation i can't remember but he told me that you had somebody from omicron for the next set and i was like well, all right well, well we'll we'll move on to the next one uh and that of course is blur um i i, I love blur i think blur is a great idea i think it's a really fun character i think that um the layout of the defense on the card in particular is really interesting to me um so i i would love to hear you know, where Blur came from. And I'd love to hear you talk about, you know, the choices uh, in laying out that the defense on the card. Man, Blur is a guy I've had in mind for years. It, he was, he came into my mind the same time that Crust and Witch and the original Johnny Rock, Sonny Rocket, and talked about it many times. Anyways, um, he was a straight, just wrote his card one time and he was done. That was it. <laughs> and, 
I knew exactly what I wanted to look like. I knew exactly what I wanted. I, the way his drawing turned out is exactly how it's pictured in my head without the, without the colors and the detail, but just the pose, the, you know, what he looks like and what the other fans look like. Um, I, 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 that's a talk about a 10th guy that turned out to look like he could have been the first guy I came up with. He just came out. He just turned out so well. The Werner's drawing obviously helps it get over. Um, I, and then beyond the blurriness, I had to decide, what do I want? This, I want, you know, this guy's got to have a personality. And unintentionally, it's funny, unintentionally, when he was finished, I'm reading his card, he reminded me of Walter. And I, I didn't mm. try to even design him that way, but he just kind of came off that way. When I, tall, heavy, but not uh, super heavy. Um, and kind of like that quick strike. He has a lariat, he has a pump handle power slam, a knee strike, and he just... I saw a Walter match and it kind of reminded me, oh, that's that's kind of the guy I was going for, that stiff um, powerhouse type guy. Almost, and I did that because it was like a, an ode to Wraith. Wraith was your power type of guy. And I kind of wanted to do a little honor him. I was like that character um, and because it's a similar type of thing. So that's why I went with the minus two power and the plus one agility and, and the power moves. And then when it was all said and done, I'm talking like when Mike sent me the PDF with the card stats, that's and I was like, that's who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Walter. I'm not saying he's supposed to be like Walter, but that's what he reminds me of. And it'll be interesting to see if other fans feel the same way. So I, I feel like when you look at this card beyond the blurriness of him, he's a little aggressive. He has a disqualification of five. He has a couple out of the rings. Um, now the, the couple out of the rings are also there because he, on level three offense, um, he's, he's really out of it. He's really blurry. He has a hard time collecting himself. And it might even be easier for this guy just to throw his opponent out of the ring to keep the match going, then they do nothing. Um, yeah. He does what he can uh, with what he's got. And, and that defense, I wanted it to, to be just uh, like a progression, like it all, just like it is, dazed, hurt, down, boom. And then the 3-0 pin thing, that came at the last minute. I knew I wanted him to have a low pin. And I'm a big believer in, like, create the guy you're creating. If, if you're creating vacant and he's an animal who doesn't really speak and he doesn't really think and he's got, he's got to have two C's on ropes and turnbuckle. This isn't a wrestler. This is a fighter. Mm-hmm. So if I'm creating this guy who's blurry, his, his shoulders are going to be blurry when he's being pinned and his hands are going to be blurry when he's tapping out. And what's the best way to express that without some contrived mechanic? Just give him a little pin. And we've talked about that before, how you can take a mechanic and build it into the stats somewhere without actually having to make a mechanic. And that's what that is. It's like it's a mechanic just by having a low pin. Um, yeah, Tom, it's Tom. Tom really likes that character, um, which was nice compliment to hear because Tom doesn't say a whole lot when it comes to <laughs> stuff. Um, and I, I don't mean it in a bad. I mean like any compliment from Tom like is awesome. And he just anyway, that's his favorite guy in the set. So it, that was really extra cool. Um, so again, to be the tenth guy in the set, uh, almost an app complete afterthought and also pr3 set that would have been the last guy and i was always just like i always intended to get density into the chronos stuff i always intended to get blur into this ftr um i just figured it'd be later on some random prime card somewhere but he turned out to be a key character in the set and it also gave us an opponent for work rate because work rate didn't have an opponent he was just going to be the guy who went challenge anybody um and then with the whole uh Omicron, Paymaster Home Planet thing to that that small tie-in. It was Todd's idea to do the whole like these two guys have five-star matches, and that's a whole that's just a storyline we came up with or he came up with. 
And the Cosmic Wrestling Promoter was Todd's idea. And it almost kind of started out like a joke. Like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> this, 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 uh, the Cosmic Wrestling Observer only rates you. And then it turned into an actual storyline, which I think really works really well. And that's one of those things, like, I love, I love setting up stuff. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, will it end up being that way? Will we get these exciting matches out of these two guys? And when you look at work great. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but he's got this very powerful, very exciting level three offense with this potential plus three finisher, 50, 50 hit. He's got a choice C uh, potential minus three move. His, his level three offense is stacked. Probably yeah. maybe even the strongest in the whole fed. Um, when he hits that finisher, the rest of his card is like, okay. Um, but he's really, he really goes for it. He's that guy who really goes for it. And then you got blur. Who's got the really weak, um, level three offense, but he's got that really, I don't know, maybe it's not really strong, but he's got a really strong pin um, on level three. So there's, they have dynamics I can see that, that should cause for some really exciting matches, maybe not necessarily long matches, but exciting matches. And I hope that delivers. I'm really excited to find out. And like I said, I don't play test. I don't play test for a reason because I think it could really influence you in the wrong way. Um, but I do keep my fingers crossed pretty tight. <laughs> uh, I could definitely see some long matches here. I'm just kind of looking at the stats right now, the two of them together. I mean, you have like the, uh, you know, blurs finishers, a plus one versus a pin of two for work rate, you know, blur doesn't have any downs on level two. So like, I could see things kind of, kind of going on for a little while there and really kind of being some big matches here. Um, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to, to running that one. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, work rate is, is such an interesting uh, character as well, because, it, it, you know, so often, of course, uh, you know, somebody wants to win, somebody wants to get a belt, somebody wants to hurt somebody else, etc. And work rate, it, you know, just comes right out and says, like, I don't care if I win or lose, I just want to have the best match of the night. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, and I love that, I think, you know, because it is, uh, it is unique. And, you know, I mean, certainly, if people want to read into it, or, you know, bring bring their own uh, context to it, as far as a commentary on, on, on wrestling today, or whatnot, that's fine uh you know i think it's it's it would not be completely out of the question to add that in but at the same time just as from a character perspective i think it's really interesting and you know again just adds another layer to to the fed um you know one of the things that's neat about having this feud set up with blur too is that it it, you know it automatically programs you know now he's got to go in there and he's got to prove that he can have these great matches and i think that that's a unique thing to do because so often you know you set up feuds and and so you want to see somebody win and now it's almost kind of like and this is and this isn't necessarily saying that the cards have to perform a certain way like you said you got your fingers crossed or whatever but it'll just be really interesting to see if he can have those good matches from a character perspective because as a promoter there's a part of me that wants to go out there and set up these matches have these matches and if he's not having great matches i think that that's just as interesting quite frankly as if he does go out there and have these like you know 20 minute matches with you know five tokens between the two of them or whatever the case may be so I, I don't know i think it's kind of just an interesting challenge in general for the character yeah i agree yeah, I, I think when we kind of talked about you know, early on sam about some of the things that we wanted to try to see more in the ftr in the future was kind of like some of the technical wrestling guys we were trying to think like you know back to the old ecw and kind of the smorgasbord that they would kind of serve up and that was, I think, one of the things that we thought was maybe a need. And then once we heard about the work rate guy and then Blur, I think that fit right into what we were kind of thinking of with that technical. And, yeah, maybe there's some other guys that those guys can mix it up with in the future to kind of to expand on that. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about somebody that we haven't really talked about at all uh, tonight so far, uh, and that is Splash. Um, I, you know, again, I think is is an interesting character, has an interesting introduction um, into the Fed. But uh, yeah, just just tell us about Splash. Um. This is a very special character. Um, I think it's okay for me to share this story, but uh, Drew created this character after his cousin who was killed in gang violence not too long ago. Um, and, and Splash was his cousin's name. And Splash looks just like Splash does and all the same things, wore his hair in, in fantastic colors, wore big bright suits and carried himself with a lot of pride. And this is Drew's uh, way of honoring his cousin um, by creating a wrestling character after him. And then Obviously, all the Citadel of the Elite um, story is, is original, and that's Drew's. But if you would, could see the picture that he sent me to use, it looks just like that picture. Um, the, mm. the kid's wearing a crown. He's wearing a, a beautiful suit. He's wearing uh, his hair's up. And it looks just like that. And it was really, you know, that's, that's another thing with these creative characters things, man. You don't know, sometimes these things go pretty deep. And it, it doesn't really get any deeper than that. And I was yeah. a real honor to be able to help him bring that character to life and to get his responses, to get his replies um, in emails. And as we corresponded, was just, it's just extra bonus stuff, man. And, you know, it just, it's awesome to work on this stuff anyway, but stuff like that really, you know, it, it really makes you stop and think about what you're doing. And, and it, it shows you how important sometimes these creative character contests can be because you never know where someone's inspiration is going to come from and it's it's an honor for filter games to be able to help drew uh carry that legacy on yeah that's incredible uh i I had no idea i'm really glad you were able to share that um with us and i you know it's funny because even not knowing that uh i I think that it was a character that i was certainly drawn to when i saw the artwork there's something about the artwork that i I feel like it's it stands out from all these other excellent pieces and maybe that has to do with the fact that it is so flashy you know so much of the other artwork that we have it's a little darker it's a little bit more kind of you know uh, evocative of a certain kind of like um you know vibe that that i think that splash kind of goes completely against the grain with that, that, you know, from having the, 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 well, device, I don't want to say phone, you know, who knows, and, and, you know, in that era, if we'll even have phones anymore, but, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's just got a, this look about him that I, I was, really drawn really to and then i think his move set uh is also really cool uh i think he's got this really cool flashy move set and uh it's funny because he's one of the guys that i really want to get in the ring with work rate because it'll it'd be fun i think just to have them have exciting matches against one another whether or not that's you know in the cards or in the dice for them who knows but you know in my mind that's a program that i want to run Yeah, uh, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, overall, I think uh, when yeah, we, uh, uh, overall, when we had, uh, you know, all the different uh, pieces that were coming in, I mean, that, that the art just completely popped to me. I didn't know everything about all the whole story there and about how much he actually looked like him, which is, is pretty neat. And I, I'm guessing he took a selfie and that's what we use, which is why we had the device in there, which I think it was kind of neat that that was incorporated in there. But yeah. I think just overall, just the look of them and just the flash is like, oh, wow, this is a guy I want to know more about. And I think anybody when we saw that was always the one people were picking out when we had the lineup of the three new guys. 
that was the one that caught everybody's attention. Um, and there's the whole storyline where he comes in and, yeah, you know, now you, disrupting yeah. Uranus's, Uranus's whole group. I, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, that, uh, that's another one that just really worked itself out. Um, you know, I uh, it, it was fun to write that, you know, first Swerve joins and then Splash joins the, uh, the the stable and then Uranus is caught in the middle. So I, again, I didn't, I had no plans for Uranus to join the Rocket, man. It's just as I wrote it, that's just how it happened. And that character's entrance, um, uh, very colorful, very fun. Again, that group was a lot of fun to write. And this guy fits right in there. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's great. It's amazing. Uh, without intention, how this guy, how well this guy fits in with these characters that already exist. Um, you know, helping a guy like Stallion evolve, come along. Um, he has some great, I thought Splash has some really great catch lines in this, in this, uh, in his introduction. And then he has a little side view with King Tux over the crown. So it's right. another, That's right. <laughs> you know, challenges anybody to come take it from him who wants it and, and and he, and then he, he's, he, he's just like a Citadel guy would be. Um, and that, that was all Drew. That was all Drew's idea. And I loved it. It, it, it fit exactly into something I already had going on with, with the stable. And, and it's great when, when the numbers match and you don't even have to try too hard to make it match, you know? So then you got Uranus uh, on Rocket's team feeding with this guy. And I think that's a great feud. For both characters, um, Uranus pulls a lot of upsets, and that might just be because the FTR guys aren't very good. Um, but <laughs> this guy should win this feud handily, and I think that's the way it should be. Um, again, like you said, a lot of people were interested in him at first, um, uh, initially, uh, right off the bat, and I think he has a ton of potential. This is another guy who this is – I see him, and this is his first card. And that drawing that drawing is based off a real picture, just like you said, with the, with the selfie. So I think that's – I see it too. I see it as something special. I see, I see a little something different when I look at it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cause it was drawn from a reference pick of a real photo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we, we've pretty much covered everyone at this point, you know, we, we talked cause we talked, uh, about some of the other characters in our earlier conversation, but I feel like, you know, again, I'd be remiss if, if we didn't focus a little bit more on our cover boy and that of course is screw job. Uh, you know, the artwork, I think, uh, really intrigued a lot of people right off the bat, um, when it was revealed. Um, so, you know, let's do as deep of a dive as you are willing to give us uh, on, 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 again, the cover boy of the set screw job. Well, I mean, you know, I, I let, I let the creative character guys see the book ahead of time, um, make sure everything looked good. And, and, and it actually Drew's response to me was basically something along the lines of how he felt like I gave it away right at the beginning, but, wasn't until the end that you really figured it out. And I, I think that was a great response because that's, that's how I feel. I wasn't trying to write anything. I wasn't trying to take people on some like crazy journey where it's um, all the swerves right and left necessarily, but there are a lot of swerves in the book. And I think if you go back and, and you start to look at swerves, original character and what he looks like and what he was all about when he began and as he evolved, uh, trying to do the right thing and, and really struggling with it with the second card there, and then all of a sudden he goes missing again. I, I, I mean, is it a coincidence that Swerve is gone and, and Screwjob shows up at the same time? You know, that's one of those things I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a decision for you or tell you yes or no. But I think it's all there. I think it's all there. And if it's not all there now, it'll be all 
all there eventually. But um, I, I go back to what 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 Quest explained in that second book. Um, I, I I don't want to say I, I I gave it away early, but so far we are experiencing exactly what Quest said he's been experiencing. Right. Uh, a wrestler goes missing, we never see him again, and the guy exits the the territory before the mystery can be solved. Will will uh, the murder exit FTR before the mystery can be solved? You know that we will find out, but we we are right at the end of that. So I hope people like Screwjob. It's the uh, culmination of many years. Of, of, of storytelling and ideas. I, I love the character. I'm a big, I'll go all the way, I'll go all the way back to the Kraken Nexus sudden death feud where, mm. where Tom had told me, if, if I shouldn't say he told me, but he talked about it with me. He said, if the, if the, if the Hitmen win, Kraken wins, the Titans will come back more hardcore, more aggressive. And it never happened because Lord Nexus won that feud. And it just stayed with me. That's one of those seeds that stayed with me. I love the hardcore Titans. We helped design Cyclone and Galacticon in that same vein. Um, we did some hardcore Titans in the GFZ. It's just something I've always been really into. And I wanted to do this from the very beginning. The very first time I ever came up with Swerve, I knew where it was going to end. I knew where it was going to go. I knew what this character was doing, what he was dealing with inside, and I knew he was going to lose at the very beginning. And I think that's what was was so cool about giving him that that second card because he almost won, but he didn't. You know what I mean? And where it goes next might surprise people. Um, it's certainly not over, but uh, I love this character. I hope people love it as much as I do. I hope they can appreciate that. It's hard. It's hard. I don't want to say it's hard, but it's 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 easy to become impatient, knowing you have two more years before this thing comes full circle. But you know exactly what it's going to be when you start writing this <laughs> stuff. And I do a lot of that, but this is one of my bigger ones. And the way the way it's all kind of come together, um, I there is one giant exclamation point at the end of this that I hope will blow people's minds it's blowing my mind and I, you know, so I hope it blows everyone else's mind. And this is a storyline that's real uh, important to me just because I'm a big fan of the hardcore Titans. I always, it was always something I always wanted to see. And we've always gotten glimpses of it. We got payback a little bit and then we kind of got cyclone and we kind of got, you know, swerve in a sense uh, to begin with, but, but, but I'm really trying to put the pedal of metal with this hardcore Titan stuff. And uh, I got a hell of an exclamation point coming. And we'll just leave it at that. But I love the character. I hope other people do too. I hope people don't try to make too much of the story. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm not trying to throw you off any kind of great scent. It's not going to turn out to be Uranus or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm not trying to shock you just to shock you. I'm just trying to give you some really cool playing cards. Come with some really cool backstories. And I, I, I hope people are into as much as I am. Well, I, I know I am, and I, you know, I have been from from the beginning. I think that uh, FTR has has really been something you know special on the landscape, especially when it comes to to Champions of the Galaxy. And we've just been so lucky. I feel like these past few years because we've got FTR, we've got CWF, uh, and we've got Kronos. In addition to, of course, you know the GWF, and and I just think that it's really really cool to have these um, these other threads. And 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 at the same time, you know, everything does feel um 
like its own thing, you know? Uh, and yet there are, there are obviously connections, you know, and I'm sure that those connections will kind of continue to unfold as, as we progress. Um, but I, I think that that's just such a, a wonderful way to kind of sum things up. So I don't want to necessarily belabor anything, but I do want to ask one last question, uh, you know, and I'll leave it up to you if you do want to tease anything or not, but is it possible? Because I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, and, 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 and this isn't me saying I'm thinking about it because I want to do it, you know, or I want, Todd and I to do it. I'm genuinely curious from your perspective, are there any characters, you know, that we've seen in, in FTR prior to this that aren't necessarily there anymore without naming specific names that we could see again, not even necessarily wrestlers, but just characters in general that have been involved with FTR um, that, that, that could possibly come back or be, be a part of kind of the, the way that, you know, you, you leave things, so to speak. Um, that's a good question. I, I can't, nothing immediately pops in my mind. Um, when you say that, I know that, I know there's characters in FTR that have, that, that have some story left to tell, maybe even in other places we'll see. But, <laughs> um, you know, originally I'll say this originally when I came up with this idea, I wanted this to be, and I'm, I'm perfectly happy with how it turned out. It couldn't have been turned out better, but when we originally talked about this, we were actually going to have this extend through Centra and maybe even through Kronos and do all this whole, this whole, like, I think when me and Mike first, we even, even on a podcast talked about collaborating and it just never worked itself out. And I didn't get it. You know, the, Mike has his own 10 spots and there's only so much you can do. And um, so maybe we just kind of skipped like one chapter there, but it didn't change anything in the story. It all was going to come back to where it ended anyways. But um, I, Without giving away too much, um, I don't know about guys coming back, but there there's going to be some more expansion for sure. Let's just leave it at that. Um, like when you guys start your story, a new story will start out like almost kind of like a when um a, a TV show kind of spinoff. A spinoff is what mm. I'm looking for. So I might take a character or two and do some kind of spinoff thing over here with them. Um, but that's probably as much as I want to reveal right now. We'll get more into that when uh when i start writing the next stuff my last stuff <laughs> but uh, it, does that answer your question i, I don't yeah. want to skirt that skirt the question no 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 i i i you know honestly i didn't expect you to come right out and be like yeah actually i'm going to bring so and so back and this is going to happen no no i think that that was the perfect way to, to answer that frankly um but i i will ask one other question because i'm sure the people out there would would you know would batter me for it if i didn't so, yeah, I mean, if there's anything that you wanted to say about Kronos, uh, you know, in particular, of course, with uh, Sam and Stars and Stripes, um, you know, recently just being revealed, uh, I think now would be a perfect time to do that. Yeah, okay. So these guys, um, just like Omega, th these are big-time players. Um, you're going to get a pretty good bio with them in a story here, uh, I think, tomorrow. Um, and... They're they're gonna you're, you're gonna need these cards because when the next set comes out, when the last set comes out, they're major players. Uh, these guys are based on the original Stars and Stripes. Remember how they had that crazy hair and tattered clothes? And they were kind of wild. And they had that edge to them. I really oh, yeah. got that. And I felt that. And and that's what. And then Tom went kind of a different direction where they're more straight laced. You kind of get your your, your run of the mill you know Earth character, and that's cool too. But this is my interpretation of what those ragtag, uh, crazy hair, crazy outfit type guys went and did in whatever alternate universe they come out of. Um, 
And Commander Sam, uh, you know, he's he's got that edge. He almost has that, like, I don't want to say he's Hulk Hogan, but he has that edge that real is, you know, choke you with the flagpole, you know, um, <laughs> punch in the head, you know, that kind of thing. Like he's not he's not that like buttoned up, you know, you know, that the way that the American wrestlers usually portrayed. He's not that, but he's he's a hundred percent patriotic, he's he's a hundred percent. Uh, he's hundred percent. Oh, I don't want to give anything away until they read the, well, they'll have read the bios by now. So he's a hundred percent hero. Um, he's there to take over. He kind of storms, storms the portal at the uh, Kronos and he kind of make pushes his way to the top. And, and you'll read more about that when the Kronos set drops, but that's what this character kind of starts out doing. We don't know if he followed Omega. We don't know if Omega talked to him about going to Kronos, but he's kind of shown up uninvited and he shows up with stars and stripes who are super edgy themselves. Um, I always saw that first American guy like a Scott Steiner. And so that's kind of how I wrote this mm. card. Tough, um, strong, throws you around the ring. Um, the U.S. Air guy, he went through quite a few changes. He was originally U.S. ally, and it just didn't stick. And then what happened was the drawing, um, it didn't come together as quickly as the other two did. So I changed them to a bomber jacket. He, he Werner tried to kind of give him that like rough, rough tough look, the same way American uh, made looks. And it just wasn't, it didn't look, it didn't look right. So I changed it up to, a, I said, give him a bomber jacket, throw some sunglasses on him and we'll, we'll do that whole thing with him. And I loved it. And when he came back, I loved it. And, and that's, I told him basically, give me like a cocky top gun type of guy. And that's what he came back with. So I like that, that, that they have that, they have their own personalities. Um, Again, people will, will, will know more when they read the bios, but but this is Commander Sam. This is the Commander Sam we know and love with that little bit of Commando Sam mixed <laughs> in, if that makes sense, without the uh, influence of a psychotic wizard trying to take over the fact. <laughs> <Minus that. laughs> right, right. But that's what it is. And these guys are supposed to be fun. And and, and if you like American wrestlers, you know, you, you'll love these guys. Um, they're just kick the door down. Let's go and you know America F yeah that's that's kind of the whole attitude with these guys Earth Earth first that's the name of the group and that's how they feel about everything Earth first get in line it's really cool because I didn't know that they were coming honestly and then when I when I saw the uh, the the artwork uh, I was just sort of like oh this is this is so cool because I loved Stars and Stripes and I'm like you I love that first iteration of stars and stripes when they first came in um and i was always a big commander sam guy um so i am really looking forward to you know learning more knowing more and using them because uh i, I think that yeah they, they sound like a heck of a lot of fun um and yeah i, I i'm just i i'm kind of eager to have the opportunity to have uh you know the chance to to see these guys be a little bit more you know rough around the edges um, as opposed to maybe the, the way that they, they went, like you said. So that, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Um, well, I, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to what comes next with Kronos. Obviously I'm really looking forward to getting the FTR uh, screw job kicked off and, and, and having a lot of fun with these new cards. Um, I'm so glad that, that, that we had 
you on the show again, we were able to talk about all this. It's always a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, and it's funny because I feel like this is one of the few times where we didn't like do a huge deep dive on stats. Although obviously we were talking about stats, but I always love talking stats with you as well. And um, I think that these cards are another perfect example of, of just having that kind of that logic. Um, it's like, you know, it really is kind of like a mirror of the storytelling that happens in the ring and, and, you know, the way that you can kind of build things with the stats on a card, um, I think kind of mirrors that. And I don't mean to say, you're necessarily trying to do the same thing. Uh, I mean, obviously that's, that's part of the point, but it's, it really helps to tell the story of who these characters are uh, through, through their stats as well. Um, you know, and even like talking about blur and having the, the three O pin rating and everything and, and, and the reasoning behind that um, it just, it all makes sense. And so I, I always appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that uh, there's a lot of fun to be had with these cards. Uh, and, and I, I, really looking forward to seeing what people do with them now that you know they're they're out in the wild so so congratulations uh i, I think it's a it's a kick-ass set and and i like i said i'm really looking forward to see what people do with them looking forward to seeing what's next um todd anything anything else for rob before we uh before we get ready to hit the road here no man just uh thanks for uh you know putting all this uh you know, great creative energy together to do such a kick-ass set. You know, I, I really enjoyed the FTR legacy where it's at. And you know, as I said, we're, we're, we're already starting to think about where we want to take it next. So, you know, thanks for giving us such a great kicking off point. And uh, as I said, I said to you before, I just love that the way it ended up is you got your 24 characters. You, know, you can't have a better number to, to start off, uh, to really start off a fed. So, and I know a lot of people, picked up the whole package we had out there and I know we're getting ready to, to kick off an FTR fed themselves. So thank you so much for doing all this, Rob. Well, th I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so right back at you. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's, I can't believe it's, it's done. I feel so good about it being finally finished because it sure has been a hard, a lot of hard work. It'll be fun to see uh, the results on the message boards. It'll be fun to see my own results. It'll be fun to hear just people talk about the characters in general. But yeah, the FTR is certainly something special. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do with it next. I can't wait to see either. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, thank you so much, Rob Obian, for joining us. Uh, of course, FTR Screwjob is available right now. If you haven't already ordered it, it you know, certainly uh, no better time than to go ahead and, and jump on that right now um, and get your FTR started uh, or restarted, as the case may be. Um, uh, what else do we have from FedHQ, Mr. Tournament Master? You know, I, I think we covered so much at the beginning there, uh, but yeah, just um, you know, be be ready. You know, I think we're as of uh, this is our last regular podcast for the year. We're going to come back with some other content next week, which I'm sure you'll talk about. Uh, and then uh, we mentioned before about the perennial that uh, is coming up January 29th. We will put tickets up soon after the new year. We want to make sure at least it, as far as our record keeping it was all kind of in uh 2022 so probably soon after the new year you'll see some information about how you can get your tickets and hopefully some more details uh about that but uh just uh stay tuned there and uh keep an eye on your mailbox if it has if your sets haven't come already hopefully they'll be coming very soon and then that ringside companion probably shortly after the new year as well 
Awesome. Uh, Todd, thank you so very much. Uh, I, I know the effort that you have put into everything the past few days. Uh, I saw the the pictures of what the uh, the trunk of your car looked like when you were going to. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we could have fit too many more packages in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot of effort. Um, and so many people are putting so much effort into all of these releases all year long. But obviously, this time of year, in particular, people have so much more going on. There's all these little extra stresses that add up. It's easy to get overwhelmed this time of year, even if you aren't necessarily doing, you know, something a little extra that's not part of your day job, that's not part of your, you know, your school routine or your your parenting routine or whatever the case may be. Uh, and and there are a lot of people again that that put their heart and soul and are passionate people and work really, really, really hard on these releases. Whether it's you know the stats, the bios, the art. Uh, the, the whole ball of wax, the editing, um, there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, this holiday season in particular, you know, have, have a thought for everyone that's working for little or no pay uh, doing these sorts of things. Uh, and, you know, a little bit of grace, a little bit of compassion, a little bit of understanding. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with constructive comments. There's nothing wrong with sharing your opinion at all. But uh, just remember what goes into all of this, because it's a heck of a lot of work. And it's a lot of work in addition to the work that everybody else is already doing um, in, in their in their day jobs and their day lives. So uh, I, this holiday season, spare a thought for your Phil Singer Games crew because I know exactly how hard they've been working um, to get everything to you and to get everything to you in a way that you will enjoy. And I, for one, am thrilled with the new releases. Uh, I, you know, I, I had a bit of a hand working on some of them, but um, truth be told, it was it was nothing compared the efforts of some other people um, who've been working pretty tirelessly on getting all of this done. And that includes, of course, the Ringside Companion, which will be coming at you here in the next few weeks. Um, at least that's certainly the the hope and the intention. Uh, but uh, we will indeed be back next week uh, with a new episode, but not necessarily new content. Uh, I will, of course, be sharing with you all of the extra um, recording that Mark James and I did covering all of the rest of the uh, names in the Memphis set that that we didn't talk about at the time that we released the initial episode um and uh we'll be sharing that with you uh and there might be a couple of other little things that are added into that particular episode depending on how long it runs with the mark james interview stuff um but uh, of course a big shout out to mark james um for for helping us out on that for providing some feedback even uh, on some of the set and helping with some of the set um and of course, you know, hooking me up with Lance Russell's son, because if he hadn't done that, we wouldn't have Lance Russell in the game. So uh, so thank you so much, Mark, for that. Uh, and uh, also, of course, want to give a big shout out to uh, Matt Charlton, who, uh, you know, without him, there would probably be about five fewer names uh, in this uh, international women indie set, uh, or at least the, the, not five fewer names, but not some of the five names that we do have uh, in the set or in prime, um, because he helped to to get those names for us of course again you can check him out at shining wizard ds on twitter he's posting new art every single day uh and of course his latest book will be out i believe shortly after the new year um 
uh, we want to, of course, give a shout out to all of the other content creators out there. Uh, you know, our friends over at Uncharted Territory, um, Grant with the Phil Sarian Games Fan Podcast, uh, Lee with the uh, Dizzy Dice Podcast. Of course, uh, we've also got Brock um, with um, uh, uh, the, the Twitch stream and uh, anyone else who's out there creating, doing anything, sharing results on the message boards, commenting on the posts, uh, in particular on the podcast. We really appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate the conversations. Um, there's just been some great stuff uh, this this time of year in particular. It's nice to it's nice to read, and I hope everybody hunkers down and has an amazing holiday season uh, and keep those dice rolling because there's a heck of a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, and, and hopefully there'll be even more fun stuff that we can talk about very, very, very soon because, of course... We're always busy at FedHQ. And don't forget, of course, the special holiday set. Uh, put that code in. Get them for free. All those holiday cards for free, including the new card, which is awesome. People are really going to love it. I know I do. It put a huge smile on my face when Todd even talked about it, much less when he sent me the art. Um, uh, it, it's it's going to be one I hope that people really enjoy. So all of that said... Happy holidays. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Try to stay healthy, be safe, be well, and enjoy, enjoy your holiday, however you celebrate. And we will, of course, be talking to you after the new year. Uh, and I look forward in the meantime to being able to just hang out with everybody on the boards and hear what everybody got for Christmas because I love that stuff. So until next week, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.